You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Seminole Rap Podcast. Boy, it looks good to look around the Zoom and see the uh, the familiar faces back together again. That's Max Escarpio, John March, and of course, I'm Brian Feller, and your host. Uh, guys, took a little little hiatus, uh, a little softball chatter before with uh, with Gwen, and uh, then I, I, my fault last week. On sorry, sorry for that one. It was my sister's wedding threw everything off, so I'll blame her here. But we are back, and we're talking football. So very exciting. I, I'm sure you guys are excited to talk a little football too. No, nothing like some uh, some early June football talk. The topic today, and I assume if you're already listening to this, it's the name of the episode, so you probably already know. Uh, at this point, we hadn't really settled on a name for it. I'm calling it the five most critical players, maybe the five most important players. Um, and we're probably cheating the number five a little bit, but the guys who who I think need to do need, need to be the guys for Florida State to have a successful year this year. The the five. Guys who need to be guys. Let's go with that. Uh, so basically, <laughs> simple format. We're going to go five to one, just like any other countdown will. And uh, I, I'm just going to let these two guys really go at it because, I, I, quite frankly, they they seem to know better than me on this type of stuff. So why not? And 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 for number five, I we we kind of kicked this one around a little bit before we jumped on, but um, it seems to be offensive lineman X. Right. I mean, uh, Max, I'll go to you first, man. You, you're the guy out at training camp. You're the or spring camp, I guess. Spring training. Gosh, spring football. There it is. A- anybody in particular stood out to you, man? The offensive line has definitely seen some improvements this offseason. And uh, I think the X factor on the offensive line, aside from Dylan Gibbons, who will be a leader off the field and on the field, I think it'll be Robert Scott Jr. 
really opened the gaps for Jay Sean Corbin and, and Trey Sean Ward last year. So if he can open that up for people like Trey Benson, Lawrence Sophie this year, it opened up the pass game and make the game easier for Jordan Travis. John, I, I, I know you were the one who was kind of pushing for this to be player X. I, I think it's just, it doesn't matter. Just anyone. Yeah. I mean, that's my opinion. I, I agree with Max. I, I don't see any way how I think the offensive line will definitely be improved this year. It might be something more of like an average unit instead of below average, like they've been for, for most of the last four or five seasons. Um, but I'm just looking for somebody. I, Again, they don't have a first over a uh, first round pick talent on the offensive line, obviously. But you know, we're expecting them to be at least an average group, and you want to see some improved play out of them. You know, you 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 can see it in Travis a lot of times the last couple of years where he um it just doesn't trust them and he takes off, right? So um I'm looking for somebody, whether it's Scott or Darius Washington, maybe even Bless Harris, if he ends up being a pretty average player, um, I'll be pretty happy with that as a transfer. So, um, yeah, I'm just looking for somebody, somebody, please just let's have some fun. And and something, that'll, something that'll help that this off season is the fact that they're veterans. Now you have veterans like Dylan Gibbons players that you could just brought in Demetri Emanuel. So he probably trusts them more because they've played more games. They've had more snaps. Jordan Travis will probably like to have a relationship with their offensive line and create that this summer. So he should be able to, to have that, relationship with them and, and build that. That's a great point. Yeah. It's one of those positions that it seems like every time someone hits the portal, I, I see the, the group chat around the group, uh, the handful of us there starts lighting up like, Oh, maybe, maybe is this the guy? I, I don't think you can have enough bodies, especially on the offensive line. You get banged up rather easily, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a trust factor and, and that's the whole thing. It's hard to pick a guy on the offensive line. It's, it's a unit. They've got to move as a unit and play as a unit, but you know, it's good that there are names that are, are popping seem to be popping and and hopefully evolving that trust uh speaking of the transfer number four max i'll give this one to you um actually i think i went to you first anyway but we'll double up jared verse yeah jared verse i just think that last year we lost i mean this year we lost keir thomas jermaine johnson so we need someone on that edge to step up and if jared verse starts playing good he has a couple sacks tackles for loss maybe that'll open up the, the other side for players like dennis briggs Derek mcclennan and like I said before, if Fabian Lovett, who we're going to talk about later, spoiler alert, has, if he has a good season, then it'll open up the sides for Jared Verse. And I think that the power that he brings, the speed that he brings, the kid's an animal. He's been training all offseason. He's still in Tallahassee right now. He was there. He never went back home. So I think he's a big season ahead for him. And we need that to open a gap for the other side of the defensive end. My thinking here is, I mean, yeah, I'll, we'll get to love it, but uh, I think Darius McClendon is a fantastic player. I think he is, besides love it, probably the best player on the defensive line. They're definitely going to need him to stay healthy this year. He could be a really, really good player. Um, but you, Jermaine Johnson is enormous shoes to fill, right? And nobody's going to fill those, and that's okay. Um, it's it's okay that you know uh, Jared Verse may not be up to the level of. Jermaine Johnson. And even if we get a level of like here, Thomas out of him, I'll be happy. I think every Seminole fan should be happy with that. Um, so while I think McClendon might be more important, I think I agree with you guys that Jared verse might be maybe a critical because we need somebody on that edge to, to really kind of step up and kind of be the other piece to go with, you know, love it in the center and things like that. So I, I think Jared verse is very, very important to this team. And while he may not be Jermaine Johnson, I think that that's okay. He just, Let's let's see what you got, right? Give us something we we can have. I think Florida State has a talent 
maybe to be a top three defensive line unit in in the conference, and that's what we're looking for. And that's one of the things that I, I, that I I don't want to say bo- bothers me, but concerns me a little bit. And and I that work ethic you're talking about, Max, speaks well to it, and maybe it, it won't be a factor. But the the expectation from at least the fan perspective is, you know, oh, this is this is going to be this is Jermaine Johnson 2.0, and, and that is an unbelievably high ceiling to put on someone. Um, you know, where if he puts in the work and, and manages to come even half as good as Jermaine was, then that's like you said, if, if he's Keir Thomas, that's great. Um, so I just I worry a little bit about the expectations put on him. Um, but I mean, like you said, if he can be Keir Thomas, that's that's excellent. I agree. And mind you, if I don't want one player just like Jared Verse to have the I mean, obviously I want it, but I don't expect one player to have that Jermaine Johnson season. But that group as a whole needs to have those stats and needs to create as a whole. And I say if Jared Verse has has what he has been this offseason and keeps bulking up, keeps getting it quicker, then it'll open up the other side for Darren McClendon, who I think is going to have a breakout season, like I said before. Oh, wow. We're both. So we're, we're over here. We're going to both cape up for McClendon. It's a, it's a war for who's McClendon's guy. Who's, who's going to more of a guy for McClendon. Uh, John, you want to mm-hmm. argue first for why he's not on our list, but quick, a, a who's bigger on McClendon guy. You got 14. I'll start the bidding at 14 sacks, John. I'll give it to John. I'll give it to John. 14 sacks. No, yeah, we'll, we'll start get... there. We'll go to 17. Eventually. It's okay. We'll build it up. <laughs> 17 sacks. Now. Yeah. 21. Are you, Stop me when you get this whole get unit or just McClendon. Look, just McClendon. I, I mean, yeah. 22 or. <laughs> I hope it's 30. If it's 30, then I would does Jared verse doesn't matter, right? <laughs> um we're and over here we're just gonna be talking about the believe of the Clinton show every single every single weekend. <laughs> um no, I, I am a big fan of his. I think he's gonna be really he's come a long McClendon's come a long way, and I'm I'm real happy with him. Um, and then Fabian Lovett, again, if he can keep it up or even take that next step, like you see a lot of the redshirt junior, redshirt defensive, uh, or redshirt senior defensive tackles, how they kind of mature in college football. Um, it could be a pretty good kind of almost scary group for Florida State. That, that's fun. It's, and if Jared Verse, again, like we're talking about, Max is right. And this guy is, you know, again, not Jermaine Johnson, but he's excellent. Yeah, I think that would be huge, uh, obviously, for the whole group. I mean, I, I think the the difference, I think, here is going to be this it's almost the style of D line, if that makes sense. Right. Cause last year you had a guy who carried everything and hopefully that allowed someone to break through. Whereas this year you've got a group, um, you know, as you said, we'll get, we'll get to more on the D line in a bit. Um, well, wait, 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 not to derail the conversation too much, but again, we, I mean, we know Adam Fuller likes to blitz, right? He likes to send linebackers and defensive backs off the edge. If you're doing that and you have a defensive line that can create pressure with just your base guy, you know, four or five guys, um, you're going to be, you know, you're going to get sacks. You're going to get tackles for loss. You're going to be disruptive. And I think that's exciting. So I, and it's one of the biggest reasons why I think Florida state has a really good chance to make a bowl game this year. Finally. Woo. Well, you know, as we talked about, I guess my transition, I'll go right back to it. The D line, obviously a huge difference for, for that, for a defense. And, and it really helps out the DBs in particular, John, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the next one. Uh, Jamie Robinson, which I think, maybe makes some fans a little uh, when it first comes out, but I mean, you know, he's got to be a guy this year. Yes. Right. From my perspective, somebody's got to be that guy, right? It might as well be Jamie Robinson. It could be somebody else. I I don't care if it's Travis J or Akeem Dent or Damori Tate or Kevin Knowles, somebody, right. They all have talent. I think 
they they can play. Some of them are, you know, got different strengths and weaknesses, obviously. But you're looking for somebody, and it might as well be Jimmy, but you need somebody. And again, I had really high hopes for Travis Jay. I wanted him to be that kind of lockdown corner on the outside on the boundary, um, you know, one-on-one with uh, the opponent's best receiver. It's just, it's, I don't know. This unit for the last couple of years has just seemed like less than the sum of its parts kind of thing. You have guys who have talent. And I know we had to make a little bit of a kind of adjustments there where maybe eh, we think about maybe they don't have as much talent as we thought they might've had, but you take each of these guys individually, the ones I just mentioned, you know, again, Tate and Jay and Knowles and Jimmy Robinson and, all these guys, Akeem Dent, they're talented guys, but can they put it together? Can somebody be that kind of impact player and not just be okay behind a good defensive line, which again, the defensive line last year really did cover up a lot of these issues on the back end, but can they be a strength in their own right? And I think that's what we're looking for. And I'm just looking for somebody. I think Jamie is a great, uh, as great of a candidate as anybody to kind of step up and do that. But I'm just, give me somebody, please. I, I, you know what I'm saying? Somebody kind of step up and we haven't, I mean, I, I went to Florida State the days of like Antonio Cromartie and, and stuff like that. You had shutdown quarters just coming in. I'm looking for somebody, give me somebody. That's all I'm asking. So I'll go ahead and take John's question and throw it to Max. Max, why is Robinson going to be the next Ramsey? <laughs> You can't just throw that on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning, I'm turning all the way up to 11. No, I mean, what, what's he showing at camp? I mean, Robinson's just been consistent and he knows that he needs to take that next step if he wants to get to the NFL draft and get drafted. So it's not just him. It's players like Amarion Cooper who big, took a big step at the end of the season and players like Akeem Dent who've just gotten comfortable within the system. So that group as a whole, but I think Jamie Robinson is the leader in that group. So he should lead by example and he'll, I think he will next season. The, the way, I, go ahead, John. I, sorry, I forgot about Cooper, man. He got better every single week, didn't he? Yeah. 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 That's fine. That kid, that kid might be good. I think, I think what, well, the lockdown corner that I think you're looking for, which I, I don't know if I want to say this on air yet, but the lockdown corner, if you still want to wait two years, you're going to see it in Azura Thomas. So, Oh yeah. That kid. Yeah. I've seen throughout spring camp, which that was a month or two ago was Amarion Cooper was just consistently guarding the, the wide receiver one or the best wide receiver, even Johnny Wilson, Malik McLean in our group. And he was consistently like, he was just consistent, which is the best part, which you see players like Demory Tate, Renardo green, who had splashes or Kevin Knowles, who got a pick here and there, but Omari Cooper was just consistent throughout the whole spring camp. So important. So important in the backfield to know it's, 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 it's not the same, but it's similar as, as that offensive line where you've got to be a group and, and to know you've got a consistent rock who's going to be in the right place, right time, doing the right things is huge. You know, you don't, that's how you end up with a DB or a safety with their hands in the air. Like we're, we're you're supposed to be there, man. Yeah. And you saw it in the coaches too. You saw it in the coaches in spring camp where Amari and Cooper would be guarding the receiver one and the coaches don't even worry about him. They don't even go over there to talk to him. And mind you, he's a sophomore. So it's not like he's a veteran yet, but he's a sophomore and, they're worrying about the other side right now, which I'm not even worried about Amari Cooper. I'm not saying he's going to be a star yet, but the kid's really good and the, the kid's consistent. Max, not willing to put him at three. We don't want to put too much pressure on him, but he might be number one. No, he's not number one. Uh, <laughs> uh, so any more on the DBs? Anything else we want to go there before we before we carry on to our already spoiled number two? Um, all I have is I expected them to be an improved group over last season. But how good? Uh, I guess we'll find out. I love that. Well, get well. Time will tell. I was uh, 
a, a good Mark Jackson from uh, ESPN's <laughs> finals broadcast. What do you think, Mark? Time will tell. Well, of course it will. Yeah. yeah. So moving on, number two, you guys have already talked about it. Fabian love it. Uh, it's it's the unit as a whole, and and it seems like he's going to be the the guy in this group. Yeah, Either way, it's another piece like Jamie Robinson, who I think needs to take that next step and knows in his head that if I want to get drafted, I need to make sure I have a really productive season. So actually, right now he's in Las Vegas for the Von Miller camp, the pass rushing camp. So okay. he knows that he needs to work this off season and make sure he's in the the training room every day. And I think he will, just like he has Robert Robert Cooper on his side. Those veterans there will really will really mold the defensive line and help the players on the edge. So if him and Cooper show up, that defensive line will look scary. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I uh, and I mean, Lovett has holes in his game, right? He's not a perfect prospect, but he, what he does well, he you know he does he does pretty well, and it's fun. And I think that he's that leader, um, you know, because. Um, when he came in, you know, there's still some culture issues and things like that. I think he's really taken over the leadership of that group. And I hope that um, he, he takes that next step and becomes a disruptive force in the middle that Florida state needs. Cause when you're disruptive in the middle, man, and, and you can whip that, that center or that guard center combo, uh, man, you could do lots and lots of fun stuff, like, especially again with my, uh, with uh, Adam Fuller blitzing guys off the edge, like gainer or, or cornerback. Um, so I, I think Florida State really, really needs a good season for Fabian Lovett, and I think they're going to get it. And I think it's important that they get it from him. So he's my he's my second most important player on this team. And, um, yeah, hoping for big things from that kid. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like you mentioned, if you can get pressure – from those from those key spots towards the middle of the field, to the middle of that offensive line, it, it adds a whole different dimension. Right. Well, even if you're just having him and Cooper eat blocks, right. You yeah. know, it still frees up Kalen Deloach and the other linebackers to do stuff. Right. Even if they wanted, like I said, they, they move away from a, uh, you know, you had two backers or uh, like a four two five, or even if you just do one and put Kalen Deloach, which I, th- I think they did a little bit towards the end of last season, just have one backer replace the other one. Cause you don't trust him as much with uh, another DB. Right. So, you know, if Deloach is the only linebacker, you got to keep them free. So um, whatever they decide to do, whether it's single gapping or they do hybrid or two gap, whatever it is, just uh, again, those two guys in the middle are going to be fantastic. And I think Fabian Lovett leads, leads the way. And if he really does take that next step, like a lot of those uh, mature defensive linemen, uh, defensive tackles in the interior kind of do, um, it'll be a pretty fun season. Yeah. Yeah. For the right. De- <laughs> yeah. Right. But in Thank case you. I stepped on it, it was for the defensive line. A fun season for the defensive line. Yeah, I I uh I think that's a great caveat on it. Yeah. I, I still think yeah. the the expectation needs to be bowl game, right? That's still where it needs to be. Yes. Fair enough. Uh, six or seven wins. Yeah, I think and and I think that's I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that before we get back, before we drift too far into schedule schedule talk though, I'll do a better job of being a, a traffic cop on this one since I just threw it in the middle of the two of you and let you fight over the last one. Uh, number one, John, I'll come to you first on this one. And I, I, I'm pretty sure we came to a, a three-way consensus on this one. Uh, I'll just let you take it away, honestly. Uh, how could it not be Jordan Travis, right? Yeah. I, I have, since the second I saw that stat, I think it was, uh, was it David Hale? Uh, probably ESPN on twitter he, he he somebody tweeted out that when jordan travis has been on the field florida yeah. state's offense averages six and a half yards per play when he's not on the field they average four and a half yards per play that tweet was a couple of months ago and i don't 
I've thought about it at least every single week since then. I can't stop. I think it's, I don't think a lot of the average fan really appreciates how ridiculously absurd that is, right? He makes everything go. He changes the math for the offense. And it's not just having a great stable of running backs, right? Um, which Florida State has had for the last couple of years. Uh, it's ever since Dalvin Cook and, and Cam Akers. But um, he just changes the numbers. He changes everything that you're doing. He spreads the field, right? He He's explosive. And again, he's still a work in progress in the passing game. He did make improvements and strides last season that were really great to see. I think at this point now it's more like being held back by the talent at receiver, more of anything that's Jordan Travis's fault um, in the passing game. But again, six and a half versus four and a half. It's two completely different. You're talking about a top 20, top 25 offense versus a below average offense. That's the difference that Jordan Travis makes. And it is, it's absurd. I, I don't know what else to say. There's, there's nothing. He's a good kid. He does everything you want. And I don't, I, I, again, I, I, my mind is still blown every time I think about that. I don't know what else to say. Max, I think John really summed it up there, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll touch pass it over to you, man. I, he's like John said, he, he's, he's the crucial guy. Yeah. I think Jordan Travis is obviously the most important player on the team. Most important players, usually the quarterback. So yeah, with, just like the offensive line, his relationship with the receiving room, players like Johnny Wilson, Micah Pittman, Winston Wright, when he comes back, they're going to need to step up and they're going to need to make sure that they trust Jordan Travis. We know that he has legs, but he needs to make sure that come third down, come fourth down, even he needs to make that pass. He needs to make that slam pass or that pass out to the to the sideline. And we can't trust that yet, but hopefully we see it next season. Yeah. It, it's it, the question I think isn't, isn't obviously isn't the legs, you know, I, I think he's, he's proven to be an incredible athlete. It's making the throws consistently well it's, it's also his availability right i mean right. he only plays six to eight games a year you're hoping or expecting at least nine from him this year and i i mean i don't expect to make it through the whole season because of the his play style and and what this offense is asking out of him because of the lack of talent at receiver but you hope to get more from him than you have in the past right max yeah, what I also think is that what I saw last season where he didn't trust that offensive line, you can see that he didn't trust that offensive line because he would look up for two, three seconds, a player was coming to rush, and you see him go. You see him get out of the right. pocket and try to make plays for himself. So hopefully that happens with Dylan Gibbons, Demetri Manuel, Bless Harris. He makes sure that they have a circle around him there, and those receivers like Micah Pittman can get active for him. Right. I mean, and even getting a little bit more of the X and O's for a second, right? I, I know Florida State's offensive line has been mostly guards. We've been asking for a tackle on the portal every week since someone <laughs> enters the portal. I, you know, I know uh, um, what's his face from Georgia. I already forgot his name. Wow. Uh, we tried to land Mims. and things like that. Mims, thank you. We've been trying to get somebody to play tackle for a long time. We got guys like Bless Harris again, like that, but not that big five star Uber like talent kind of guy. So we've been running that more of like the, the five guard type offense, which is fine, right? They run block and it, you can do some fun things off of that with, with that kind of run action and, and, and then do play action and spread the ball out. And that kind of fits a lot of what Jordan Travis does, but to really be more than just one dimensional, right? Like to Max, Max's point earlier, you need like some of that talent, in the offensive line to step up and you need those receivers so you can become a complete offense. Cause it's again, it's mostly, and even though Florida State's one dimensional, right? We've had Norvell, he averages 200, 250 yards rushing a game, even when defenses know that Florida State's going to be kind of one dimensional. So we're this offense with 
Jordan Travis is going to continue to be explosive on the ground. It, it just is. That's that's how Norvell is. That's Jordan Travis's talent. But to be a complete two-dimensional offense and really get those chunk yards through the air, I, I think Max is spot on. And, and Brian, too, we really need to see a little more of like that step this year. I, I would almost say – and to Jordan Travis alone, I think, allows them to not be – and, and I don't, I don't really know how to better phrase it, but not, I don't want to say not one dimensional because it's still the run game, but it's, it's a dynamic one dimensional to where even, even right. on the days that he's not throwing well, his legs allow you to not be vanilla. You, you right. can still be slightly, you can do a, a couple of things here or there. Like you talked about the, the, different types of movements on the O-line to, to change the game. Right. Like you, okay. So let's real quick break down last season, right? The, the offense. So you had, it was, it would get chunk yards to the ground. You might get a couple stops, like one yard, zero yards, one yard, and then he breaks off 12, right? And then right. 15 and then nine, and then you go back to one to two, whatever. And then every now and then they threw that, that chunk play, right? Especially that one, um, the deep fade, either to <laughs> Ja'Kai Douglas or anybody, right? Um, for those huge, huge chunk plays. And those, you know, big 60, 70, 80 yard touchdown plays. But whenever Travis wasn't in, what did we see? We saw the offense pretty much grind to a halt. And I know they had had problems before with Travis, where if you get behind the sticks, you know, second, third and 13, they're pretty much done. Right. Um, and it's just situations where this offense, because of the issues of receiver, can't really get themselves out of. But when Travis isn't on the field, they can't do anything. Right. They're they're at third and 20. You, you know what I'm saying? So there's a huge, huge difference. He he keeps the offense moving. Um, but, it, you know, like I said, if he can't stay healthy, then I, I guess we'll see what, the, you know, the other quarterbacks have. But, again, this offense and this whole team will go as Travis goes. Yeah, and I think it's it's really it's it's really that simple. It's uh, We can sit here and talk defensive line play. We can talk DBs. You know, all, all of it is, is important. But if Jordan Travis isn't on the field, I, I – I don't, I can't expect much from this team. It's also want to talk about too. We're not looking for Jordan Travis to become a superstar next season. We yeah. Just, we don't, we don't need him in New York for the Heisman we, ceremony. We need him to be consistent right. with those passes, consistent with his completions. We don't need him to throw the ball downfield 60 yards every play. We just need to keep moving the sticks and be, make sure that we trust him there. Yeah. yeah great it, point. Limit turnovers and, and just keep things on track, limit the negative plays and keep things on track. So uh, I think that does it for our, our top five overall. I think we landed on most important players, most needed players. We still haven't landed on it. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the five most important guys for Florida State heading into this 2022 season uh, as of June, which, you know, we still are probably, what, 90 days or so, 80-something days away from the start of football season. So still plenty of time for all that to change, but – um, I, I think for the most part, we're kind of holding this group. Um, I, I think that really does it for us all today. Uh, for Brian, John, and Max, that's a wrap. 